Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a divisional NFL divisional round playoff edition of Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system as we talk about and, oh, my goodness, uh, take a deep breath if you watched football this weekend. Uh, these games took your breath away. Arguably the greatest two days of football that maybe anyone has ever seen. Uh, just unbelievable finishes, storylines. I mean, we could take one of these games, Mike, and talk about it for quite some time. Uh, particularly the Sunday games with so much back and forth drama. Uh, but when you look at what do you want as a football fan what do you want playoff games to look like we got exactly what we were looking for and we never it never happens with all of the games mike never yeah no you had um storylines and subcontexts and sub storylines and tangents and we had turnovers and you know one team thought they won the game three or four times the other team thought they won the game three or four times. We had coaching decisions and, uh, you know, your boys, the referees, having their huddles. We had all kinds of stuff uh, this weekend, and it added up to, like you said, one of the more entertaining uh, weekends in uh, football history, really. And, you know, when they drew up the wild card ideas and, and the extended playoffs, uh, to get to this divisional round, it was designed to be the most exciting uh, football weekend, and and it certainly lived up to that this year, Dave. Uh, so let's start right with the first game, uh, Saturday, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, and right off the bat here, Dave, we have um, the number one seed Titans coming back with Derrick Henry for the first time in nine weeks. Um not exactly healthy, especially on the offensive line, and uh, still hung on and, and did a good job to get that number one seed in the bye, so they could get to Derrick Henry versus a Bengals team that had all kinds of momentum, scored a crazy amount of points the last few weeks of the regular season and, and the wild card weekend, and uh, came in with who's now being touted as one of the uh, – best young quarterbacks in the NFL, let alone the AFC, and, and Joe Burrow, and uh, it was a clash of styles like we talked about last week, and mm -hmm. uh, the Bengals end up winning 19-16 on the last second field goal, um, both teams playing well, but I wouldn't say superbly, <laughs> I, Tennessee definitely had its opportunities in this game, Dave, um, Ryan Tannehill was 15 for 24 for 220 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions, uh, and that was really costly. Obviously, the interceptions, interceptions in the postseason are magnified, uh, and to have three of them uh, was just crazy. I think it's kind of a, a a comment on their lack of talent at the skill position. As much as we love. Uh, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones five years ago. Uh, he just wasn't the receiver that they signed him in the offseason to be. Um, and this game um, was certainly exciting. And uh, the McPherson kid, the rookie kicker, comes out and uh, nails a field goal to win it. And uh, Cincinnati moving on to the conference championship. Uh, good for this young team. And uh, they took the step that the Cleveland Browns couldn't take last year. Uh, after winning a wild card game, uh, they showed up here and, and took out that number one seed, Tennessee. So what did you see here, buddy? What what caught your attention? Yeah. Uh, on this oh, game? my gosh. Yeah, there's so much. Yeah. Uh, things you can have a love-hate relationship with, like the McPherson kid saying before he goes out to the to do the kick, oh, looks like we're going to the AFC championship game. Mm. And then he goes out and makes the field goal. Yeah. You can love or hate that. Yeah. Um, but he's tremendous, uh, just tremendous. Uh, we talked about all year, the, the only kicker drafted, and holy cow, boy, the Bengals got their money's worth. He made four 
or more field goals in two straight playoff games. That's never happened before. Yeah. Um, it's just tremendous. Um, Joe Burrow was, was just great. Uh, there's just no two ways about it. Uh, calm, cool, collected, uh, all of the cool cat things that you want from a quarterback. Um, just unbelievable. 28 of 37, 348 yards, no touchdowns, but he didn't need the touchdowns. I mean, sure. It would have been nice, but he, he controlled the game with his passing. Uh, which is just amazing. And then when you look at Tannehill, uh, you mentioned the interceptions, Mike. Uh, They were bad, bad interceptions. Um, And Tannehill, so 17 interceptions this year, Mike. Mm -hmm. And in the two seasons previous to that, he had a total of 15. Wow. So now this year you could make the argument he doesn't have Derrick Henry. Yes, yeah, certainly uh, had to take more chances, but that's a you know had to take number. more chances. Yeah. yeah, you know AJ Brown was down for a while. Julio Jones was down for a while. You know who the heck is he throwing it to? Uh, the guy in the Bills game we couldn't even pronounce his name right. uh, correctly, <laughs> and he's catching touchdowns. And um, Tennessee's defense looked uh, looked great with the nine sacks. Sure, um, nine sacks and they but, lost. Ouch. Yeah, and it, but it's still like it was, you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, how many more sacks are they going to give up? But it never impeded, I don't think, it never impeded the Bengals. Like, they just kept doing their thing. That's right. You know, they didn't uh, they didn't make any changes. They get, as we talked last week, Mike, their first road playoff win in team history. Yeah. Um, absolute kudos to the Bengals. Uh and it's just a, it's a great win for them, and we'll see as they move on to the AFC Championship game how they continue to play. And I know, Mike, we both went on and on about this over text. The Bengals' defense is really good. Yes. And they have not gotten enough credit uh, for the work that they've done. They were tremendous against Tennessee. Um, and, of course, you know, Tennessee, like you said, not the, not the best skill position players, but – Man, they were good, um, and uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna do well. And you know we were talking, oh, maybe they need to add some people to their defense. But I don't know, Mike. They looked pretty good. They did look really good. And and um, you look at Derrick Henry's uh, rush line, twenty attempts uh, for sixty-two yards 62. and a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, touchdown that took him uh, two attempts just to fall forward into the end zone from the half yard line. Oh. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, not exactly giving up. You know that that's good by Cincinnati's defense, rush defense. Uh, Foreman for uh, Tennessee, uh, of course, had uh, four rushes for 66 yards and the big fumble uh, towards the end of the game. So they shut down. You know, one aspect of the Tennessee offense, and then you know made Tannehill prove that he could beat them, and and uh, obviously he couldn't. Um, so yeah, great job pointing out the Cincinnati's uh, defense there. And Joe Burrow, you know, um, the kicker had some bravado, but Burrow said he knew that. Uh, he said when he saw the kicker in spring training, he had that look in his eye, and he knew that this was going to be, you know, someone special and someone with ice water in his veins. And whether that's true or not, you know, all these months later. Uh, it pays off here for the Bengals uh, with the big road win. So good on them, and uh, they're certainly their defense is going to be tested next week. But we'll uh, we'll get to that for sure. Uh, so yes. anything else on this game, buddy? You want to take us through uh, Packers Niners? No, uh, no, that's that's plenty. Uh, again, great job for the Bengals. Uh, so that was the Saturday early game, and then the Saturday late game, uh, 49ers Packers, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> Mike, this, this, you know, these games were all crazy. I, I have to say of the four, this was probably, although exciting at the end, probably like the biggest clunker of all of them. That's fair. Uh, if I'm being honest, because it ended up, you know, San Francisco wins 13 to 10 here. Um, the 49ers don't score an offensive touchdown uh, and win the game. Uh, I, in this game, though, Mike, I, I think the big the big storyline 
uh, and it's been uh, magnified in the media. Uh, this is we're recording Tuesday, so it's been two days. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers and just the continued uh, failure uh, to perform in the big spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly, look, the Niners' defense is very good. Uh, a lot like the Bengals defense and we know that the Niners defense carried them to a Super Bowl two years ago um, and they're doing it again uh, as far as this goes but um, you know Aaron Rodgers has got to be able to to beat this team Uh, he's got to be able to get more than one touchdown on the opening drive of the game and then get nothing after that Um, and his numbers aren't terrible 20 of 29 but 225 yards um, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, huge storyline. Um, and the uh, I think the other big thing for me, Mike, is, uh, and it's been talked about for a while, is uh, Debo Samuel and his versatility um, to be able to run the ball. Uh, I mean, he ran the ball more than he caught passes in this game. Right. Uh, 10, you know, and decent numbers at uh, 10 carries for 39 yards and three catches for 44 yards. Uh, and certainly had that big run in the Dallas game, uh, to get them close. Um, but he's just another, another piece to this 49ers team, um, that just is just kind of plodding along. Um, but doing okay. But I know Mike, you saw, uh, a little bit more of the fourth quarter than I did, and maybe you could talk about the how they score, how the Niners scored their touchdown. Sure, I, and I'll get to that. But two big picture uh, comments on the uh, Packers and uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, while oh, you yes. were talking about that, uh, the Packers have now lost seven home games uh, in the Aaron Rodgers era uh, in the playoffs. That's just horrible i guess you could say you know good for them for getting seven home games uh in the playoffs in his era and and that's certainly true um but uh for him to not deliver you know in those home games and i think uh the announcers did a terrible job here of um talking about the weather and the field conditions uh it was certainly a factor and as the fourth quarter came around uh it was icy and crunchy and everyone was slipping everywhere uh and it it became a bigger factor uh later in the game but the other stat i wanted to share with you real quick is um the uh packers have had brett Favre and aaron Rodgers. Yes. For 30 years, they've yeah. had those two quarterbacks, and they have two world championships to show for it. That's yeah. absolutely crazy. Two world championships. Um, yep. It's yep. just unacceptable, and I don't know if you can blame the quarterback so much as you can blame the organization as a whole. But, uh, yeah, not not, uh, not the stat you want when you have – you know, you figure Favre and Rodgers are probably in the top 20 anyway of all-time quarterbacks, yep, maybe yep. higher. Um, it's just crazy. So this game, uh, Dave, was back and forth, up and down, and um, Green Bay is uh, pushed back fairly deep in their own territory, uh, and they're on the 12-yard line, and they decided they're going to punt the ball. Uh, try to maintain a lead and uh, they drop back to punt and this punt is blocked uh, right up the middle buddy I mean the guy was like half blocked as he was going past the center's position but really no one got a hand on a vote on him uh, ball bounces straight up in the air and if you watch the replay, no one on the field know where the ball went. Everybody's looking around everywhere, and the ball was straight up. Um, oh. You know, none of the players on the line knew. They heard the thud of the block, but they didn't know where the ball was. And then it just kind of plops down at the like five, six yard line, uh, and it's scooped up uh, by the Niners and run in for a touchdown. So that's their only touchdown, um, in this game. And it leads to, um, them winning this game 13 to 10, Dave. It's just absolutely crazy. 
that um, a special teams play. Uh, and I guess the Packers have been having special teams problems all year. Um, it was kind of swept under the rug because of the uh, success they had in the regular season and all the games they won. And, you know, they still had, a, you know, a great season on paper going, you know, 13-4 and four, uh, in the regular season and, you know, losing, you know, in their first playoff game after the bye. So this is now uh, two number one seeds that get eliminated uh, here on Saturday, 13-10, uh, to 10, Niners win. And uh, Garoppolo has an okay game. You know, he's barely getting it done for them. Uh, 11 for 19 for 131 yards and an interception. Uh, they did run the ball 29 times, like you said. And Debo Samuel um, had uh, 10 of those rushes. And it seemed like any time they needed a big play, he got the ball. Uh, great, great uh, imagination by Kyle Shanahan and the coaching staff. Um, to move the ball, and it'll be interesting that uh, see what they do on uh, a much better weather field uh, coming up in their championship game, uh, if they can do anything offensively. But uh, yeah, great, great game. Interesting down the stretch. Uh, what an ending. Uh, Rogers, you know, he was getting the ball back with four minutes left. You thought, you know, here it goes. Aaron Rodgers, but as you so uh, aptly put it a minute ago, uh, could, could not deliver, didn't even threaten, and uh, you know the game was over, 13-10, yeah. Niners. So, yeah, you got that, anything that else drive, there? yeah, that drive, Mike, three plays, yeah, four yards, uh, and a punt, right, uh, right out of the gate. Uh, Rodgers incomplete pass, make gets a pass to Devonte Adams for four yards, incomplete pass, incomplete pass penalty on the punt formation and then a punt yeah so like you said had the ball you've seen Aaron Rodgers do it many 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 times and just didn't deliver uh at all and you look at Garoppolo not getting it done you know as as you know he's not doing great but he's 21 and 6 on the road Mike right and that is the second highest winning percentage for somebody in that situation I mean he's He's just winning. You know, uh, you're going to hate this comparison, but it reminds me of Tim Tebow. He All he did was win football games. Now he doesn't have the yeah. deep, deep knee bend when he scores a touchdown. That's his own personal decision. But um, he, he's just good enough to win and bad enough to be criticized even in wins. And that's where, he is, where he's at for sure um, with this nine. And that's why they – drafted Trey Lance so early uh, and with mm -hmm. all the potential that he had they're hoping to do you know uh, an Alex Smith uh, Patrick Mahomes situation in Kansas City uh, five yep. years ago so uh, this Niners team I'll never you know I like them uh, to being of the year I also like the Dolphins full disclosure so I got one right um, and you know because of the coaching staff and the tough defense and their hard nose play it, it, and it with Kittle and Samuel healthy, uh, it's going to be very interesting against a division opponent next week, but we'll get to that. Um, so let's talk about that division opponent, Dave. Uh, Sunday, kind of an odd. I, I complain about this every year, so now's my time to complain about it again. A 3 o'clock start on Sunday is just crazy yeah. to me. Uh, either I, I say start it at 1 o'clock, and if you want to move the second yeah. game back to 5, just to be sure that you have no sure. overplay, overrun, which we almost did here anyway, um, that's fine. But uh, 3 o'clock star is just awkward uh, all the way around. But anyway, uh, this game was not awkward, Dave. This game was um, a passing of the torch, really, to me in the NFC, where uh, the Rams and teams like the Rams took uh, that championship torch from – Tampa Tom and the Buccaneers and um, eliminated them. Uh, Rams win 30 to 27. Matthew Stafford gets the monkey off his back proverbially with, you know, the lack of playoff wins. Uh, another game that ended on a last second uh, field goal uh, by Matt Gay. We see uh, Stafford 
when he spiked the ball and ran towards the sideline for the field goal. He's pumping his fists and giving high fives. He said he already knew, you know, what was going to happen with the field goal. Um, but I'm sure he was watching intently as the ball went in the air. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it was right down the middle, no issues there. Uh, Dave, let's talk about um, the pickups of the Rams during the season uh, one, Odell Beckham Jr., who had statistically a mediocre game. Um, let's see, what did he have? Eight, eight targets, six catches for 69 yards. But he was the perfect complement to Cooper Cup uh, and made big plays when he needed to. Uh, and then uh, Von Miller on the other side, uh, you know, the, the Tampa Bay offensive line, which was beat up a little bit, uh, could not block Donald and Miller at the same time and um, not give up sacks. So uh, it, t- Tom got beat up a little, and he got a little bloody lip earlier in the game. He was crying about you. little, little bloody lip. Little guy got bloody lip. Yeah. Uh, and they put a little ice on it, and they called the CDC and the FBI, but uh, everything was fine with Tampa Tom. Um, but it came down to, to uh, Tampa being out of – uh, offensive weapons, you know, no, no Goodwin, no uh, AB, of course. Uh, Mike Evans was neutralized, even though he, he did end up having uh, a couple of big catches. Uh, at Gronk, 11 targets, but only four catches. And that's really, yeah. that's really, you know, the name of the game right there. Um, if you want to well, look and at a lot, and a lot. Yeah, and a lot of those were related, Mike, to exactly what you were saying was the defensive pressure. Right. Uh, because a lot of those passes were to Gronk and were either, you know, most of them were, you know, early, late, high. They were just all over the place. Like, and Gronk's a, obviously a huge target, um, but some of the throws to him, just based on the pressure, you know, sometimes right. the ball got hit. Uh, by one of the defenders. Um, so he obviously wanted to go to Gronk, but kudos, you know, like you said, to the D-line. And that has been the recipe for success against Tom Brady. The challenge is very few teams have been able to produce the pressure up the middle to collapse the pocket. And the Rams were able to do just that in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So they, they move on, and we can't go any further without talking about Cooper Cup and his uh, incredible uh, day where he had uh, 11 targets, nine catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. How he was that late, op- that wide open late in the game, uh, you know, we'll never know. You know, wh- what they said at the, after the game, Tampa said that it was a uh, – an all-out blitz and the two linebackers never got the call and so they never had pressure on Stafford and he was yep. able he was able to make that throw to cup um, and when you watch the replay you could see both middle linebackers uh, just kind of hesitated didn't know, look like they knew what they were doing but and yep. and Sue had broken through the line and and Stafford still hung in there and threw the ball um, even though he was being hit uh, by Sue but um, yeah, and, and you could see it, Mike. I even, watching it yeah. uh, live, I, I was saying to my boys, they better have something dialed up that's fast. Right. Because they were all up at the line. And that's crazy, and we'll talk about it when we get to the Buffalo game, uh, how teams decided to defend late-game scenarios. Sure. Um, and that's one that, you know, it'd be one thing if Stafford, you know, had been pressured all game and hadn't done well and you knew that you know you had gotten to him that was not the case in this game he had made all the throws so to to rush him you know just crazy and like you said just tremendous by cooper cup he's just a he's just a tremendous receiver all that being said dave uh after the first possession of the third quarter it was 27-3 rams and, oh. uh, you know, everyone started joking somewhat tongue in cheek about, you know, the Falcons and the Super Bowl and the 28 to three. And sure enough, Tom brought, you know, uh, Tampa back despite all of those um, issues uh, to a tie game. Oh, Mike. And we uh, 
we went around and, and Mike and I were te- I'm furious texting during all of these games. <laughs> this one for sure. Folks, yes, did 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 the Buccaneers move the ball and and get touchdowns and and make the game close? Absolutely they did. But if you watched this game and I I'd love to use uh, Mike's words against them, the <laughs> sphincter on Sean McVay tightened up yep so tight they got so conservative after they got that 27 to 3 lead i mean they were running the ball on multiple possessions they weren't throwing the ball around like they have done all year uh and it, it was painful to watch uh one because the rams had played so good and two because we don't want to see tom brady and the bucks advance in the playoffs we want them to Get out of here. And that's exactly what happened. But um, it was just very challenging uh, to see them just wilt. Uh, and then, of course, all the fumbles, you know, they just kept fumbling the ball away, you know, on top of the fact that they were conservative in their play calls, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see the analytics or the numbers that tell head coaches to get super conservative once they have a, a certain lead at a certain point in the game. Uh, if they just kept playing offense, like you said, Dave, uh, they would have won, you know, 42 to 10 maybe. It, it was really, you know, they had Tampa demoralized on defense. And, you know, and also when – the Rams played defense. They kind of, you know, took a more conservative approach there too, without the pass rush, and um, gave Brady a chance to to almost become the hero once again. Uh, like I said, it tied it at 27 with 42 seconds left, and we were thinking overtime. And sure enough, uh, Matthew Stafford and uh, the Rams were thinking go down and kick a field goal, and they went down the field and, and got the Mac a field goal with four seconds left, uh, a 30 yard field goal right down the middle uh, for the game winner. So uh, great point by you though, the, the conservative nature uh, we kept saying, you know, what are they doing? What are they doing? You know, three and out, three and out, you know, run a draw play or a screen or a bubble screen or something other than hand the ball off and either fumble or lose yards. It was really tough to watch in that second half. Oh, it was. And that final drive, five plays, 63 yards in 42 seconds. Uh, I mean, you mentioned the the throw, 44 yards to Cooper Cup. Mm. um, Gets them right down there. He spikes it, and out comes uh, Mackey, who is the Pro Bowl kicker this year. So he has had a very good year. Oh, yeah. And probably... I, I have no doubt that that's why Stafford is pumping his fist and high-fiving people as he goes off the field um, because Matt Gay has been good. Now, he did, though, Mike, miss a field goal in this game, which I think everybody was just stunned by. Uh, and it just it just fell short. Yeah, 47 yards. Yeah, 47 yards. think and, would fall short. And it just... And it just, it really would have put it away. It would have gotten the Rams to 30. It would have put uh, Tampa Bay behind by three scores. uh, And he missed it. I think that was really surprising. But that was also in that sequence of fumbles and conservative play calling. Um, But, you know, great for the Rams. Look, they they have needed to break through uh, in the worst way. uh, And Stafford is leading the charge. The defense is healthy and ferocious. Yes. Uh, And, you know, you can say what you want. Yes, Tampa Bay missing some offensive linemen. uh, But they still got to play. No, absolutely. They still got to play. I mean, the Chiefs' offensive line was beat up all year last year. Yep. uh, And they were able to shuffle people around and get all the way to the Super Bowl. So I don't want to hear any complaints about that. Um, And I have seen a lot of, and if you haven't seen this, folks on Facebook. It's pretty hilarious. People marking themselves safe from seeing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl again. Uh, (laughs) Gotta love it. Uh, That was just just a phenomenal uh, game. Both quarterbacks over 300 yards. Uh, Just intense, you know. And at this point now, Mike, you get to 
Cincinnati wins on the road, and the 49ers win on the road, and the Rams win on the road. Right. I mean, that's the other piece. You know, you you get the both number one seeds getting knocked off, but three road wins in these – it's just – you know, it's just – again, we could talk about these games all day, all night, and break into so many different uh, storylines, but that's a huge piece. I thought you were going to say and break into song. I'm like, uh, this might be our last podcast. Did oh, no. Sorry, I didn't go there yet, but it's keeping, it, <laughs> keeping us safe here at least for one more week. Absolutely. So, Dave, we all know what happened in the last game, and I'll, I'll clear out and let you talk in a minute. Uh, 42-6 Chiefs over the Bills. There's been what, so much. 36? Uh, so much talk. 42-36. Oh, okay. I Maybe did. I missed something. I could have cut out. Yeah. Anyway. Whatever. Let's keep going. Um, I've heard this called the greatest game ever uh, several times since Sunday. And so I picked, pulled a list of NFL's 100 greatest games ever. And I want you to tell me where this one fell. And it's going to be tough for you because you uh, are on the losing end as a fan. And so it hurts and it hurts deep. I understand that. Does, do my best. Was this game better or worse than Buffalo's comeback versus Houston in the 1993 wildcard or the 92 AFC wildcard game? I'm going to say this game was better. Okay. Uh, and the reason that I say that is because of the high level of performance of both teams, whereas in that game, Buffalo looked dead in the water and then took off, and the Houston Oilers thing um, looked awful for a long stretch, too. I think this game sits above that because both teams played so well. Okay, so was it better or worse than the what they call the guarantee, which is, uh, you know, Joe Namath guaranteeing a win against the Baltimore Colts in uh, Super Bowl three? I think the game itself probably is better much what what you can't uh what cannot be discounted is the historical significance of the jets beating the colts the first time an afl team beats an nfl team in a in a game where they're playing each other uh the the magnitude and historical significance outweighs it but i think the, the football game itself much much better totally agree uh, here's one where I'm biased then. The New York Giants beat the New England Patriots in the David Tyree helmet catch, sending the Patriots to an 18-1 and record. Yeah. That's a tough one because, you know, and for me, like, the significance, again, carries a huge piece. The fact that the Patriots were undefeated, the fact that it's in the Super Bowl, um boy that is tough i feel like you've got to have the super bowl one sit ahead of it okay. um just because it's in the super bowl and and i and that's for me that's really hard uh to say but this is a divisional round game right you know uh, in talking about this buffalo kansas city game in my mind's eye that super bowl game was played at an equal uh, high quality and so because it was a super bowl yes. gets the edge uh, so that game, the David Tyree game, is number five all time. Uh, just to give you an idea of what it compares to this list. So the guarantee was six, and the comeback was seven. Uh, real quick, uh, number four is the epic game in Miami between the Chargers and, and the Dolphins with Kellen Winslow. Yep, uh, yep. the overtime game. Number three was the Ice Bowl in 1967. Neither one of us remember. Number two was the catch in 1982 with Dwight Clark. That um, I was alive for, but I don't remember as uh, intently, obviously, as I do this one. And then number one they have is the the greatest game ever, and that's what it's called, the 1958 championship game with the Giants and the Colts. So, uh, so okay. So the people that are out there with all this hyperbole and recency bias of the greatest game ever, we just objectively put it at number five or six, depending on who mm-hmm. you're listening to. So um, I just wanted to 
really think that through because people make those statements and don't really understand what they're saying or what games they're putting it up against. So just wanted to do that real quick. Dave, yeah. Take- oh, and I think another game that, that deserves uh, uh, attention in that is, is Super Bowl 25, the Giants and the Bills. I mean, that, that was a very well-played Super Bowl, uh, you know, the only one with, without any turnovers in it. Um, comes right down to the end. I, uh, for they had me, that at too, number, number 10. Ahead. They had that at number 10. Wow. So, you're so right uh, yeah, right there. You know, those are those are definitely games that are yep. are, are right. And that's, so that's that's excellent, Mike. I, uh, yeah. I have I seen a lot of exercise. Yeah, so I've seen a lot. Of, I, I, I've heard a lot of that, too. People talking about where does this game sit and, oh, it's the greatest game ever. I, historically, I had forgotten about the ice bowl and uh sure. as you said the, the greatest game ever the 58 uh championship game right uh you know those things do need to stand out historically as well as um the games themselves so let's get into this game buddy uh, i gotta say lasting images from this game are patrick mahomes uh swim moves and ducking people after the game to run over and hug Josh Allen, uh, very good friends off the field. And, and, um, he, he's, they have a mic on him and he's saying, don't worry, you know, this is going to be, you're going to be us for, uh, very soon. You're going to be us very soon. Um, and Allen was just crying and that, that really, uh, got me, um, you know, that one that Mahomes would, um, poo-poo celebrating with his teammates in a league of people that are notice me notice me um he was willing to first he'd understand they have plenty of time to do that but to go seek out his friend and 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 console him like that was pretty cool um and then the other piece we got to talk about buddy uh, separate from the game is the overtime rules um and do you want to do that after we talk about the game? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Let's let's do that at the end. Okay, uh, so it's going to be an interesting, uh, yeah. interesting discussion. Take us um, through. What yeah, we you saw know, here. so a very interesting. Uh, won't spend a ton of time on the first half, other than to say I think it was a lot more defensive uh, the first half than anybody thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're tied at fourteen. Uh, it felt like the teams were just kind of feeling themselves out or feeling the other team out. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, uh, this is a defensive game. Uh, you know, my hope was uh, that because the Bills have such a high rate of defense that, that, you know, and I had said this, I thought their defense would make some plays mm. uh, to win this game. Uh, boy, was I wrong. Mm. <laughs> But, uh, you know, so you get into the third quarter again, it's now it's back and forth um, and and just just great plays left and right, particularly Mahomes and Allen, uh, you know, say whatever you want about uh, both of those guys. They play tremendous games. They're so talented. literally looked like they either one of them could do whatever they wanted in this game. Uh, you needed a big run. Great. You needed a big pass. Great. You know, you needed to move around in the pocket. Great. I, I mean, just, just tremendous football. Um, and you know, nerve wracking for those of us, uh, bills fans, but folks, the fourth quarter is really where it was at. Um, and it's just just as intense as you could possibly imagine. Um, well, we'll finish up. Let's do this right at the end of the third quarter here. The Bills um, get a touch. It's 23-14. Kansas City starting to pull away, and it looked like you know maybe Buffalo wasn't going to be able to do anything, um, and they were really struggling there. And then Josh Allen drops back and hits – Gabriel Davis for 75 yards. Yeah. Uh, the one play, 10 seconds, touchdown. Uh, and immediately my thoughts were, oh, my God. The defense has got to go right back out there again after uh, Kansas City had come out in the third quarter uh, with a 13-play drive that took eight minutes. Uh, and then the Bills three plays and out, and then the Chiefs get back and get another touchdown. 
it really did not feel like Buffalo was going to do it. So they do that, and you know, then we get into the fourth quarter. Like I said, Kansas City gets a field goal uh, to go up 26-21, and then this is where the ridiculousness starts. Uh, Buffalo gets the ball, and as they were starting to drive a little bit, it got down to where there was five minutes left in the game, and I said to my my two sons, what they really need to do is, and they were at like midfield. I said, what they really need to do is drive and use the rest of the clock right. in this. And, and um, gosh darn it, Mike, they came really close. They put together a 17 play drive, yep. 75 yards uh, in seven minutes with just, you know, just crazy, uh, Plays. I'm trying first to pull down. exactly how yeah, the Josh Allen down. scramble on fourth and four, yep. uh, where he scrambles away, gets out to the side, yep. and fakes the defender and goes for six yards and gets the first down um, at the Kansas City 24. That was tremendous. Um, and the, then the touchdown to Gabe Davis uh, on at fourth and 13 um, after. Um, on the third down, they had thrown, I don't even know why. I mean, it happened so fast and and several people said this to me. Um, he throws this pass to a singletary who's like right next to him practically. Right. Uh, and he gets tackled for a seven yard loss on third and six. And you're, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, but fourth and 13 and say what you want about, um, how wide open, Gabe Davis was on this play and you know that there's no defender near him go watch the replay again and watch the double move that Gabe Davis puts on the defender he literally breaks the guy's ankle with the double move and he falls down not because he slips because Gabe Davis just juked him I so saw Davis, on NFL Network today, Chris Carter broke this route down and said it was one of the most tremendous routes he's ever seen run. And this is Chris Carter. Oh. This is no joke, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and Chris Carter is famous. Right, for route running. Yep. for his route running. Right. Um, so you get to that point, and then you say, all right, well, the Bills, um, they go for two there. Yep. Uh, and, get a, you know, again, another incredible – uh, play, uh, rolling around yep. and, and scramble around, and he finds digs in the back of the end zone. Uh, so they go up three, and like, okay, well, you know, that's that seems to be. Uh, there was still, of course, time, and you know what happens there. The ch- <laughs> the Chiefs get the ball back, and you know, they he ends up after a couple of plays hitting Tyreek Hill for 64 yards, Mike. Oh my goodness. And he is flying down the field. We had to watch the replay a couple of times. Uh, my boys couldn't understand why they didn't tackle him. And I said, they he's tried. so fast. <laughs> yeah. And I, they showed the camera angle, which I guess must've been from the top of the stadium mm-hmm. where you could see the whole field and you could just see how he ran away from everybody. Now, a theme in a lot of these uh, games that we haven't talked about was really the lack of penalties that were called. Um, and that was, I think, throughout all four games. So one of them that doesn't get called, that has been called all year, is Tyreek Hill giving the peace sign tw- right at the defenders so clear uh, when he's at like the five-yard line, no penalty. How, no thank you for saying that. How is that not and, taunting? And how is it not taunting? Oh, my I, goodness. It, that has happened it, it, all I've been holding long. that in for two days, buddy. How oh, is that all, not taunting? It, it very well should have been. Now, uh, what I heard in some conversation today, and, and Mike, maybe your, your vast football knowledge will pull this. What happens there? Is it the penalty from the point that it happens? So the touchdown comes off the board and they go back 15 yards? Or is it after the touchdown they put the penalty? After the touchdown because they don't want to stop the defense from potentially getting a turnover. So it would have been after the touchdown. But still, it should have been taunting. We had a guy get taunting early in the year. He didn't cross the the hash line looking at the other bench. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and this guy's throwing up deuces right in the defender's face. 
uh, yeah. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was really horrible. And, uh, so now it's 33, 29, Kansas city. And oh my gosh, <laughs> just, you just can't script this. I mean, it was literally unbelievable. Buffalo gets the ball back. Six plays, 75 yards, Mike, in 49 seconds. Mm -hmm. And Gabe Davis uh, just again with another touchdown. He catches he catches a pass for 28 yards and then 12 yards, uh, you know, and then the 19-yarder for the touchdown all in the same drive. Uh, and so this is where it gets just – there's so much – uh, I think to question and debate. Um, and so there's 13 fateful seconds left. And this number has been talked about for two days, right? The 13 seconds and Kansas city has all three timeouts. And so, you know, that there's enough time if things go, you know, potentially the right way that they can get in field goal range. And so, the Bills, and I was saying this as I was watching it, you have to kick the ball into the field of play to allow time to go off the clock. For the clock now, to yes, start. They, yeah. Yes. Now, they can fair catch, uh, you know, they right. can fair catch these things, which they couldn't always do, but they're not going to fair catch it at the 10-yard line. Right. You know, if, if Tyreek Hill's back there and he catches, he's going to run. Right. So the criticism, and I think rightfully so, uh, with Sean McDermott and the coaching staff, is why they didn't keep the ball in play, kick the ball in play. Um, so they don't do that. No time comes off the clock, and Kansas City, Mike, starts the ball, starts with the ball at the 25-yard line. Dave, uh, so let me take the other side of that argument. Would you kick the ball to Tyreek Hill after what he just did on that touchdown where he ran 64 yards past your best athletes with what seemed to be penned in to, you know, one half of the field and just blew by everybody for a touchdown? Uh, you would not that, want him to touch the ball. But what you're supposed yeah. to do is squib kick the ball so it's bouncing. Right, right. right. Yes. And yeah, exactly. So, That's exactly my point. Yeah. Not necessarily to kick it deep, but you've got to squib it and right. make them make a play on it. So right. I'm totally with you. Right. I, I, I'm sure they were scared to death of kicking the ball to Tyreek Hill. Right. Uh, I, and that I, worked, just not in the way they thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, so they come out and Mahomes, you know, quick pass to Tyreek Hill for 19 yards. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy is just wide open. Um, and then the next one, Mike, is just is absolutely un inexcusable um, as far as I'm concerned. And they showed the replay uh, from behind the Kansas City line. And so t a 25-yard pass to Travis Kelsey um, and he comes off the line and goes right down the field, and nobody touches him. Right. There's nobody near him. Right. Uh, I mean, he might as well have been doing a, you know, an offensive drill in practice with no defense. <laughs> I mean, it was that bad. Now, I heard somebody say, why were the Bills playing sideline defense uh, when Kansas City had all of their timeouts so they can use the middle of the field, Mike? Right. And, and this is exactly what they did. Right. They used the middle of the field. They had their timeouts. They're able to set everything up. And Butker gets a 49-yard field goal attempt off with three seconds to go and ties the game. Wow. Uh, just, you know, absolute head-scratching. I know they're going to go through a lot. I, I think bigger picture, uh, you, have to, you have to look at the Bills' defense for the entire game and say, how the heck could you not do this? Uh, I did notice in the second half they they did not get the same kind of pressure uh, that they were getting uh, a little bit more in the first half. Right. Um, they were on the field a lot in the second half, obviously, and obviously they were gassed at that point. You know they're tired, but what did you do prior to that so that you don't get to that point? So, Dave, you mean to tell me that Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys couldn't get two plays off in 16 seconds or 14 seconds, but 
Pat Mahomes in Kansas City got three plays off in 13 seconds. I thought that was impossible. Uh, oh, sorry, no. I had oh, to take the gosh. cheap shot at those guys. No, no, it is so worth it. Uh, the, the things were just great. Yeah. Uh, all the memes that you saw about it, uh, it's worth taking the shot because that's because when you look at it, that's how ridiculous both situations are. Right. One, that Dak Prescott runs the ball with no timeouts left, and the fact that with all three timeouts, Kansas City can march down the field, uh, you know, three plays at 44 yards and kick a field goal. So before we get to overtime, you just described a lot of action in the last two minutes. i got some numbers here for you. Oh, please, throw them out there. Josh Allen in two minutes and in overtime, five for seven, 102 yards and two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, uh, 10 for 13, 188 yards and two touchdowns in the last two minutes of the game and <laughs> overtime. 188 oh yards. Oh, my God, when you put it to 188 <laughs> yards in the last two minutes, yeah. Mike, we didn't even get to the numbers. Jimmy Garoppolo played an entire game <laughs> and only threw for 131 yards. That's right. That's right. Crazy. Please continue. No, that's it. That's what I was going to say. So now we get to uh, the dreaded overtime coin toss. And uh, I don't like the trend of as soon as the coin hits the ground, everyone leaves. So the ref's standing there all awkwardly having to announce what's happened. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it comes up, uh, you know, heads for Kansas City, and yeah. they take the ball. And um, they're the only ones that touch the ball. Uh, a worn-out Buffalo defense that just can't really muster a stop. And they go down and score the game-winning touchdown um, in overtime, yep. uh, short right pass to, to Travis Kelsey, uh, eight-yard touchdown, uh, final score, 42-36. So let's hear your – now I'm curious, your argument for the overtime rules. Now, I know the answer to this, and longtime listeners to this mm. podcast know the answer to this, but what is your feeling about the overtime rules in the NFL? Uh, not You know, I, this is what I'm going to say, and I have – I've been a – my stance on the overtimes, I have no issues with the overtime rules. I really don't. Uh, where I don't like is the college overtime. Uh, I don't like that they start from the 25-yard line, and it's it's not a real game. Uh, right. This, you know, there's lots of people um, that I've heard going on and on. I've got to change the overtime rules and blah, blah, blah. Calm down, people, okay? Uh, this is my perspective now, and I can do this because I have – the floor here right. on Think Tank Sports at the moment. I don't have any problems with the overtime rules. I really, really don't. Um, it's it's difficult that that's how it goes. I like that it's played out as a real game. You have the coin toss, you get the ball, uh, and you do it. Now, the argument typically is, well, your defense has to make a stop. Now, in fairness, I believe that if Buffalo had won the toss, they would have gone down the field and scored the touchdown and won. I, I, that's just how the game was being played. Right. Uh, I just, I, Kansas City, same thing. They're gassed. I, you know, it was whoever got the ball first was going to win. So I, I firmly, firmly and completely believe that. Now, I did hear, uh, and I was listening to this on uh, my good friend, the Mad Dogs program today, and a caller called in. And said this that basically of all the uh, overtime games, uh, regular season and postseason, uh, I think he's, it was 21% of them have ended uh, on the first possession. Okay. So 21%. So fewer than you think, you know, for sure. Right. Way fewer than you think. Yeah. And so you're saying that then the opposite there, you know almost 80% of the games are, are going differently than this one did. Hmm. So uh, the overtime rule, uh, I, I'm fine with it. I really am. It, just for me, like for Buffalo, you never should have been in this right. predicament. You know, you squib the kick. You have to play different defense uh, in, those, in, those last, uh, in those last 13 seconds right. to keep those guys in front of you and – not let them get big gains and make them kick a 55 60 yard field goal uh, a 49 yard field goal uh, at home 
that's a field goal that is very makeable by many, many kickers uh, at this stage of the game. So you just don't want to ever be in that spot. And Buffalo put themselves in that spot. It, was it a great game? Yes. Was it a tremendous game? Yes. But my, oh, my, Buffalo had the game won and had it in their hands to make the right decisions. And it didn't happen. Now, look, they're going to learn from this. You know, Sean McDermott's going to learn from this. And they're all going to learn. Um, but this one stings, Mike. This one hurts. Uh, I had my head my hands crying after this game. I don't normally cry after sporting events. Uh, th- this one really hurt. Uh, right up there for me with uh, the Gi- the Bills' loss to the Giants, Super Bowl twenty five, mm-hmm. uh, and the other one that that haunts me to this day is uh, Syracuse's loss uh, to Indiana in the nineteen eighty seven NCAA championship game, the Keith Smart Keith game, Smart. as many people uh, know it. I was thirteen years old. Um, anybody who's been that age that's listening knows. If you're a sports fan at that time and it's your team, at that you're going to take that hard. Right. Um, and it's it just that one. So it's right up there for me. Um, the other Super Bowl losses uh, hurt, but uh, the other three were relative blowouts at the end and and were not as tense as grass. this game right. was. Right. Uh, this game was right there. So, um, yeah, tremendous. Uh Tremendous game, uh, very very difficult loss. What I will say, Mike, is the ratings are out. Yes. Oh, good. And, I have those too. And the ratings uh, were absolutely tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and they increased as the as the dates went along. You got thirty point seven five million uh, for the uh, Bengals and Titans. Um, that is that is a twenty one percent. Hold on. Nope. That's. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, San Francisco Green Bay was 36.92 million viewers. Uh, Rams and Tampa Bay, 38.14 million. And the Bills Chiefs game was 42.7 million and peaked, Mike, at 51.7 million as they went into overtime. Um, And so when you look at this overall, uh, they. Average was 36.9 million fans over these four game or viewers over these four games, uh, a 21 percent increase over the same round last year. Um, just, just tremendous uh, games, and and the fans stayed and watched. Uh, I've always wondered tremendous numbers. What, who was not watching the game and then was following it and saw it was close in the fourth quarter and went to watch. So you got a peak of 51 point, whatever million um, yeah. that weren't watching as, as the game was started. But, you know, I feel people are at work and, you know, things like that, but still, uh, that's yeah. crazy that, uh, good, good for the NFL. You know, we've gotten away from, the Colin Kaepernick kneeling at the national anthem era and uh, that's behind us. And I think that there certainly has been growth and diversity that's come uh, out of that. And, but we're seeing more and more people uh, coming back to the television. Uh, Also not to get too off the path of football, but the alternative programming out there right now is terrible. Uh, the programs that should be challenging the NFL would have been recorded during the pandemic and they just didn't happen. Um, so everyone's watching repeats. So watching new things. Uh, when's the last time we had a new television show that like got everyone's attention? Game of Thrones. You know, uh, I think that um, there's not as many options as there used to be. Uh, and that might change. But good for the NFL for coming back around uh, and, getting, and getting these uh, numbers. Yep, and one last one that I that I read today, Mike. That uh, in the fourth quarter, um, uh, one network in Kansas City reported that ninety percent of all televisions in use in Kansas City were tuned into the game. Huh. So the, the question, 10%? the question <laughs> is, who were the, what were the other ten percent watching? Yeah. Oh my gosh, craziness! But yeah. what a if you're scoring at home, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. 
But anyway, family show. Let's get to these games, uh, the two conference championship games uh, starting Sunday, big day of football, um, bittersweet for me because it's the end of the football season. Uh, yes, we'll have the Super Bowl after this, but it's just not the same uh consuming your whole day but we start with uh the bengals at the chiefs uh over under is 54 chiefs is favored by seven at this point um dave i think that it's going to be hard for the chiefs to come back and match intensity and emotion and physical um ability in this game after what they just went through with buffalo um they don't have to travel. Certainly that's the bonus of getting the number one seed um, or the, the higher seed, I should say. Yes. Um, yep. And so they don't have to travel, which will help them. But uh, I keep saying the Bengals aren't ready to take that next step and they keep proving me wrong. Um, if the Chiefs do make the Super Bowl, we're in the midst of a mini dynasty uh, with the Kansas City mm-hmm. Chiefs. I'm going to say I am rooting for and going to, um, with my head, go with the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game outright and definitely cover the seven. That's my... Wow, uh, okay. So I think Mike they're going to run the ball with Mixon. Uh, that uh, tight end, Uzama, is going to tear up that Kansas City defense. Uh, the wide receivers that Cincinnati have are... Uh, maybe the top wide receiver set in the league, um, or certainly in the top five. And oh, yeah. the Bengals' defense, as we've said, has been underestimated all year. Um, and so I'm going Cincinnati. What say you? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I am in complete agreement with you, Mike, that it is going to be hard for um, the Chiefs to match intensity. Um just the physical exhaustion from this game. Right. And I know everybody's tired. Everybody's hurt this time of year. Um, that being said, mm-hmm. I still think um, the Chiefs win this game. Uh, I, If I was a betting uh, man, I would probably take the Bengals with the points uh, just because I think it's going to be close because of Cincinnati's defense and because Kansas City uh, defensively is going to have troubles with Joe Burrow and Cincinnati, I'm going to take the Chiefs, Mike, uh, but I think the Bengals are going to cover the spread. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So neither one of us are thinking Chiefs on a blowout. Um, So very interesting there. And then uh, the other game, of course, is the – Niners versus the Rams, uh, and the Rams with a four seed getting a home game. Uh, go figure. Uh, the spread, the over/under is forty-six and a half, and right now the Rams are favored by three and a half. I uh, I'll take the Rams, buddy. I think that uh, they have sold out for this season from the Matthew Stafford trade uh, and all their mid-season acquisitions. Uh, this game is. Uh, the third time these teams will have met. I believe they split during the regular season. I'm sure we'll hear. Uh, no, 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 this is a, this is an interesting storyline here. The 49ers have won six straight games oh. against the Rams. They have their number. Um, okay. So that is, that is something to keep an eye on for okay. sure. All right. Well, that's fair, but I still think the Rams are uh, just, going to get it done here i think there's too much firepower uh and their defense will be able to stop uh the niners offense and make a big turnover or two uh that'll be the difference in the game interesting that's only three and a half but maybe that's why um because shanahan and the niners seem to have the rams number uh yep and i think uh 46 and a half is low i'd bet the over there but yeah 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 i would agree uh i'm gonna take the rams too mike i just think this is their year um, and they have this last stretch of games now played the way everybody thought they would uh, or could with Matthew Stafford. All the pieces are in place. The defense is playing great. Something to pay attention to, Mike, the uh, we talked about the Rams defense. 
Um, the 49ers average uh, 127 yards uh, per game on the ground. We know that that is their uh, meat and potatoes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rams are giving up 56 rushing yards per game. Wow. So that is, if you want to look at where the game is going to be won and lost, it's going to be can the 49ers run the ball and can the Rams stop them from running the ball? And I think that's where you're going to see the difference. Uh, the Rams are going to uh, pull this through. And if that is the case, Mike, as we talked earlier, this will be the second year in a row that a team will play the Super Bowl at home. Right. After never happening <laughs> in any of the previous Super Bowls up until Tampa did it last year. Very um, interesting. Very interesting yeah. that we're both picking that as well. So, um, if you're and smart a Rams, gambler, go ahead. No, and, I was gonna say, Ram, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, if you're a smart gambler, you should go against us and fade us because we're both yeah. picking that. But yes, um, a Rams uh, Kansas City Super Bowl would be tremendous. Um, yes. Looking back, Mike, um, just as looking at the the games from this last week, uh, you had Cincinnati. Uh, so you sure. were right. I had Tennessee. Uh, we flip-flopped in the other game. I had 49ers, and you picked Green Bay. Uh, we both picked the Rams, mm-hmm. so we did good there. And then we both had Buffalo, and we both lost there. So yeah. um, if you're looking for us, like Mike said, to, to make picks, uh, yeah, take it for what it's worth, folks. Um, but literally, what a tremendous weekend of football. Uh, we 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 may never in, in any of our lifetimes see a stretch of football like that uh, with such intense games. Uh, let's just hope that the conference championship games can at least be close. I, I don't think there's any chance that they could live up to any of these games that were played, um, but let's have some close games and see how it goes. And then we'll be back next week to talk about the championship game results Keep listening. We're going to hit up an NBA podcast this week. We have talked about the NBA one time this year. So we're going to talk about the NBA, which should be great. Uh, There's lots of compelling storylines there, although they've all gotten buried the last two days (laughs) because of football. Um, But, yeah, we're going to to talk some NBA, Mike. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. Maybe even have a special guest if that works out. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. It'll be a good time to check us out on uh, Twitter and Facebook and the Insta. Uh, in the meantime, folks, uh, continue to support us. Give us uh, a five-star rating as we strive for five here at Think Tank Sports.